and welcome to the Hardcore Honest Tea Podcast, a podcast with me, your host, Logan Slaughter, also known as Logan Hardcore when I'm cross-dressing. Um, the podcast that's dedicated to spilling the tea, the whole tea, and nothing but the tea, so help us Lipton. Um, this is where you're going to come to hear some faggotry and some unedited, unfiltered, unfuck-given tea and opinions about things going on in pop culture, all things gay media, and who knows, maybe just my fucking shit show of life. (laughs) Um, let's see here. We have two major topics that are going to be discussed today. We are going to do a deep dive into the Wendy Williams movie and documentary. How dare you! My God. My God, my God, my God. Was that four hours of my life that I will relive over and over? Because I have it DVR'd. Um, and we're also going to get into Candy versus Tamisha on RuPaul's Fag Race. Um, I said Fag Race. <laughs> Uh, but I want to get right into the tea with the Wendell Williams. Oh my God, not Wendell. <laughs> I said what I said. The Wendy Williams movie and documentary. Um, you guys, I have been a major fan of Wendy. Um, I wasn't quite around or with, I never listened to radio, so I did not know Wendy's radio career until I started following her TV career. Um, But I have been around since episode one of the six-week sneak peek, and I have always found Wendy to be interesting, and I always knew that her story was much deeper than she let on. Um, As someone who struggled with drugs and lived that lifestyle, um, you know, that's very relatable to me and someone who's also always had a hustle I've always had a hustle I've always wanted to make my name and I come from a place where I was put down and all of that and just kept punching it to be me so let's start with the movie Um, it kind of dives into Wendy's past with her parents and I okay so there's a few things here Um, Wendy's past with her parents, um, how they really made her feel fat and everything and put her on diets as a high schooler. And, you know, she was kind of the outcast, like the musical chair scene sent me. (laughs) I said what I said. (laughs) Um, also we're going to be debuting new sound effects next week. Um, we're going to have a ceremony for our new sound effects. So brace yourself for that. Um, But when she fell on that chair, I cackled. Um, So you see Wendy and, like, her struggle to get to where she is. You know, there's something... The story... It felt very... It's coming from Wendy. So you're going to get Wendy's side of it and how Wendy was treated. And, you know, I think there were probably times in the story where Wendy may have done a little more to receive the... um, repercussions or the way she was treated or any of that. But you know what? This is her story to tell, and it's a side of the story that we'd never heard before. Um, Even if you've read her book, I've read it, and, um, you know, there's things in it. Um, I can't remember if I knew that she was raped by a a rapper or a guy from that she had interviewed. 
I feel like I would have remembered that if it wasn't her book. I really wish she would have named the name. Um, and she was very close in the documentary, and then she didn't. Um, that's probably my biggest regret of the movie, is that that name was not named. So it kind of goes into, like, how Wendy became Wendy. Um, and what I really find, I really want to focus on is a couple of things. She said that she had a drug problem, but it wasn't like she was sniffing piles of cocaine. This is very much how my use was. Um, I wasn't someone that was, like, sitting with a tray of cocaine going crazy. Although I do know there are many fashion designers who do that in their closets. <laughs> Not gonna name names, but I know some very high-end gay designers who have bowls of cocaine in their walk-in closet. So, I'm not telling you how I know that. And I'm not confirming or denying that said designer also one time said he would put me on a private plane and fly me to the island he was on to rent me as an escort for months. Or not months, weeks. Oops. But I didn't do it. If I did, I'd be a kept woman now. Um, but back to Wendell. Wendell. So, um, I related to the drug use. It was just like, you know, something to keep you going. That was really how my drug use was. I used, I did cocaine, um, to keep the party going. I wanted to be able to drink, 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 and party, 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 and cocaine leveled it out. So I understood that. Um, and I also understood the fact that her partner knew it happened, didn't agree with it, wanted her to stop, but it, she stopped on her terms. And that's very much how I was. Um, I, the, what I'm, uh, I struggled with the part of her and Kevin Hunter, her husband. Um, I think that things were a lot more volatile than she led on in this movie. I believe that he beat her. I believe that things did get physical. I think he did push her down steps and that's why her arm was broken that couple of weeks on TV. Um, it just... It just all was a little suspect for me. I think a part of her just wants to protect him because it's her child's father. Um, but I got, you know what, this woman named names on her TV show and, you know, said the woman's name. I think she said it in the movie and the documentary. I lived for the scene of her going and spray painting the bitch's house. Like, that's, like, that's the Wendy that I truly believe she's that girl. She, in the documentary, you see her cussing and just laying there with her lymphedema machines eating flaming hot Cheetos and caviar. And, or flaming hot Doritos and caviar. And she's just crying. And, like, it was very hard to watch her cry because you see someone who is so incredibly hurt. Um, and the scene where she was in the car with the guys to and from the sober house and she broke out of the car to go and see her lawyers and get her life back together. I truly, you know, I believe she was in a... Such a place of control with Kevin. Um, kind of, it reminds me of Brittany and her father. I feel like Brittany is just under complete control of her father. And I believe that Wendy was under complete control of Kevin. And um, from finances to business to home, I think he ran the ship and she was just on it. And um, there's such a joy about Wendy now. 
The minute that Kevin was out of the Wendy Williams show as a franchise, it switched. And it switched in a very light way. It took it to a place she's just happier. Um, I 100% believe... I also have some friends that work at Wendy Williams. Um, I'm not going to say what their jobs are. Um, I do not ask about situation there often. I did ask... Um, in the midst of everything, and I was told we're all just really worried about her and hoping for the best. Um, so I know that things were really bad there for a while, and I completely do believe that Kevin probably came with, you know, throwing chairs and breaking tables and pissing people off, and I think, you know, as an employee of that show, like Suzanne said in the documentary... They just watched. They had to just watch it. That's their bosses. Like, they couldn't step up, and they had to just know that Wendy would make the moves when Wendy was ready to make the moves. And I think that would be very hard for a lot of people. Um, but Wendy is someone that strikes me as a um, go-getter and will make the moves when the time is right. And I think that she did a very good job of showing her bad as well as her good in this. And I also think that it was very, very necessary for her to have this story told. Because as someone who makes a living talking about others, um, she needed to be able to have her story told. And for her credibility and her reputation, you can't just um, bring up everyone else's shit and not talk about your own. Um, so I think that they handled everything really well. The actress who played Wendy Williams was phenomenal. She had a lot of the mannerisms down to a T. Um, the accent was wonderful. The, um, you know, I just thought it was really well done. And I like that Wendy had her hand in both of them. She produced both. And I think that was incredibly important because... That allowed her voice to be in it. Um, it just was, for a Lifetime movie, it was really well done. I enjoyed what we got out of it, you know what I mean? And I think we all came out of it with a little more than we went into it with, which I wasn't expecting to like know every single thing about Wendy Williams by the end, but I'm glad we got what we got. Um, the documentary for me like I said, was kind of hard to watch. Um, that is a broken, hurt, and abused woman. Um, it, it felt a little dark for me. Um, for a lifetime. For what I was expecting. But, you know, I think there was just blatant honesty. And I think she is very hurt. Um, I think she carried the part where she said she's her own best friend and she's always alone. That broke my heart. But, um, as someone who comes from a place where I dealt with a lot of trauma and a lot of isolation, I can tell you becoming your own best friend helps you navigate through life because you never will feel alone. You might be alone. Um, but like when she was crying and she said, I had no one to talk to. I've been there. I've been in that situation, and it is, it's dark, you turn to drugs, you turn to alcohol, um, 
It was very relatable. And I think that she's going to have an effect on people who are going through the same thing. And, you know, they can see that she made it out. And you just... The documentary was really well done. Um, there is problems. There is problems. The documentary opens with Wendy saying that her and her brother are best friends. And then she crossed her uh, middle finger and her pointer finger to say how close they were. And then the brother comes in and is like, Wendy's my best friend. Well, Wendy was just on her show... I think two weeks ago, dragging her brother Tommy through the dirt, saying everyone always knew they didn't like each other, and he's jealous of her spotlight, and I 100% could see that being true. He seems like the type of fag that would. Um, but it's problematic to me in the fact that you did a tell-all documentary saying you were best friends, and then you went on your show saying that um, you aren't close, you've never been close... Tommy's the scum of the earth. You want no part of him. And you're going to air all his dirty laundry. Like, which one is it? Because you just had the opportunity in a documentary to tell your truth and you chose to lie. So the credibility with that is a little shaky. And I would like to know more. And I will be doing the what? Investigating. Um, all in all, I would give the movie... Five out of five stars in the documentary, four out of five. Um, I wanted more about Kevin's workplace hostility. I wanted more about... I think there's more in the abuse, and I think it was skimmed over, and I just, you know... Painting Wendy as the damsel in distress who, oh, crying, 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 and then she hugs him every time he cheats. I don't know if I 100% believe that. I believe there were big knockout, drawn-out fights. Um, so I just had a really hard time believing that. But all in all, you guys, I recorded it. I'm probably going to rewatch the documentary for sure because I was kind of falling asleep at the end. Um, and I want to... Give that another go. Uh, I really am looking forward to hearing a couple of my other favorite podcasters and social media personalities like Pet Shop Boy talk about his um, takeaway from this. I was going to have him on. I just am not good at scheduling interviews. And I also am nervous to have people on, I guess, because I don't want to waste their time. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh... Tamisha Amon versus Candy Muse on RuPaul's Drag Race, season 13. Um, I'm not even going to talk about the whole episode. What I am going to talk about is this particular instance and situation that happened in Untucked. Um, and it happened with Candy Muse saying that... Um, she sees Simone as her biggest threat because Simone had won her second challenge yada 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 and then Miss Thing is like I'm gonna take this down I'm gonna take this down you're gonna take this down and like I have a problem with this because I'm someone who I don't care if you've been doing drag for 40 years um you might not be better than me I said what I said um, you know, 
And I think if the question was asked, and I think Candy is getting this very over-talking, blah, 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 edit, but I know how reality television is produced, and I know that there are producers there asking questions and telling them to bring things up, and it's just always is coming from Candy, so I don't fall into the she's over-talking. I think this is exactly what they wanted from her. And I think Candy's smart enough to give them what they wanted. Um... So the episode happens, blah, blah, blah. And then it goes into just chaos. Candy and Tamisha screaming at each other. And, you know, I don't, you can't, I don't think it's okay for someone to be calling, like Tamisha to be calling Candy little girl. It's demeaning. It's derogatory. I don't, like, what are you getting at? Like, you're trying to be this big, tough girl. And then you're... Your little girl, little girl, like, it's just, I don't know. I find that very upsetting. It's very upsetting. Um, I, Candy's a hothead. Candy is from Brooklyn, and I don't think Candy, here we go, here we go. I don't think Candy's educated enough to, to um, use her words to fight. And I think that she goes from zero to a hundred and gets herself into a place of anger. And that's how she knows where she knows to come from. And that makes for incredible reality television. And this leads me into the fandom of, oh my God, this is too much. I don't know. But you're the same bitches who are bitching and moaning when there's not enough drama. Oh, it's a boring season. So then when you get what you want, now you're saying it's too much. So which one is it? Huh? And if you're gonna go on your social media and start saying shit, say their names. Don't shut your fucking mouth. I've had enough of you, you beast. Literally, if you're gonna go on social media and start dragging people, say their names. I'm looking at you, Renee Flaming. And also, Renee, I'm going to have Tina and I talked, and she's going to Amazon you a um, Amazon beanbag. And we are going to send that to you, and you're going to go on Facebook Live with the time restraints that they were given to make their outfit, and we are going to see you make a dress out of a beanbag fabric, since you find it to be so easy. <laughs> <laughs> Girl, Tina called me and said, what the fuck is wrong with your friend? I said, girl, who knows? She's probably drunk. But, you know, people were like, "She, they're making fabric dresses. But bitch, what do you think a backpack's made out of? Fabric. What do you think a leather purse's made out of? Leather. What do you think, like, tea bags are made out of? That is a type of fabric. These are all fabric choices. You just got to choose your medium. And if you've ever sat on a leather bean bag, you know that that's not going to be something that's easy to fucking make into a very nice dress that is hemmed, that had zippers, it was made properly. Like, girl, I'm not loving Tina on this season, but I'm going to give Tina her props when props are due. Props to your mama! Um, <laughs> to everyone asking if the person I spoke about last week has reached out to me, no! Um, but they're in the Poconos. <laughs> and I truly said to her, oh, now she's in the po Poconos, girl. She is just a woman of the world. Um, oops, excuse me. 
But um, I too will be in the Poconos in March. But guess what? I'm going with the same people I've been with for a year. And we're all getting tested the days before we go. And then we will go and get tested when we return. And we will quarantine for 14 days. Because that is the responsible thing to do. And we're also staying in a private house. Like, all of that. Like, leave me the fuck alone. I'm following all safety protocols. Go fuck yourselves. There's a big difference between going to a private house and going to a circuit party um, with a group of people that you've never been with. I'm going with the group of people that I've been with in my pod since last March. So save your fucking shit. Because if any of you think that I'm going to put my father who has stage 4 cancer at any sort of risk, you've lost your fucking mind and I'll take it off this podcast and get you right together in person. Which also brings me to the girls on Facebook who are like, Oh my god, this is just too much. Say their fucking names, girl. I tag Tina when I'm talking about Tina. I will fucking tag the girls. I don't care. Svetlana Stoli's up in her fucking mispost, just causing all sorts of drama. Let's go back over there. Let me open this up. Because Miss Mama was getting the girls wild. Let's see. Let's see. Where did it go? Oh, here we go. Okay. Yes. She said where New York is producing some drag race villains. Not a good look. And then we had Egypt saying, this is what the show does. Are you surprised? And here we have everyone with their pitchfork saying the nastiest shit based on an edited show. Svetlana said, it's not like you can edit something you didn't say, though. Egypt said, I know, but things can be left out. Now, this is something that people really do have to understand. They take bits and pieces of conversations and make a scenario. So just know that. I know that to be true. I, As someone who is so involved with loving reality television, you know how things are produced. Um, girls, someone got Celine Dijon right together. Celine said, the whole house is awful. All it takes to know is looking at the company she keeps. And Janelle, number five, said, girl, who are you? Clearly you're a fan. If you know so much about the girl since you frequent her lives and Facebook so much, I would work on yourself because it's looking rough over there. <laughs> yes, girls. Yes. We had Miss Jada Valenciaga posting legends of this and that and fucking getting the girls right. I mean, girls, just say their names. Say their names. To, to take from Bob and Monet, say their name. Say their names. Like, that's the thing. Y'all girls get up here being wishy-washy and faggy. Say their names or don't say shit at all. Drag the bitches through the mud or keep it punching Say their names. Or keep it moving, girl. That's on who? God. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any other, like, pressing shit. Let's see if there were any Q&As that came in. Um, everything that came in was pretty much about the Wendy movie. Um, let's see. Yeah, it's all Wendy. Um, the one thing I am going to post out is something my friends and I were giggling over in the DMs. The way that Lifetime switched things out, like there was Corritos instead of Doritos. There was the Weekly Mail instead of the Daily Mail. And like, I'm almost tempted to go back and watch it again just to see all of those things. Because I love shit like that in movies. Um, 
I just, I enjoy shit like that. The fainting scene? Miss Thing. Miss Thing. So good. Iconic television. We are icons. We are legends. <laughs> um, with all of that being said, I want to say thank you guys so much for supporting us on our first month here on the podcast. Um, I do want to remind you, we are sponsored by Mingle Mocktails. Dry January is ending today, but if you guys want to, you know, have something to drink that's just not alcohol all the time, or you want to have a great mixer, go to MingleMocktails.com and use code 10HARDCORE for 10% off your order. Um, I want to thank you to those of you that have. Um, I received word... And I am very, I appreciate it very much. Also, you guys go to gayprideapparel.com and use code HARDCORE. Oh, shit. I don't know what my code is. Hold on. <laughs> use code HONESTT for 20% off of your order. My friends over there, you guys, I have to say I love them very much. They just rebranded. They have an amazing business with pride and, like, just gay faggotry, honey. They have the faggotry stuff. They have blankets phone cases, apparel. You can't go wrong. It's also really great for a gift if you don't know what to get someone. You want to get something a little unique. Go to gayprideapparel.com. I'm going to have the guys from Gay Pride Apparel on the web on the podcast in February. I believe um, March we're going to have Renee Flaming. I'm working on getting Monet Exchange. I've asked Tina. She said yes and then stopped responding. So who knows? If you have any suggestions of people you'd like on the podcast... Comment them below. I'd love to hear who you would, you guys would like. Um, I'm going to do another big Q&A episode, so get ready. I'm going to post about that, wanting your questions and answers. And like I said, not every week's going to be a fucking 10-hour marathon. Over on the Patreon, today on Sunday comes out the top tier, which was a deep, deeper dive into sobriety. Um... There were tiers. Um, so there's two tiers over there that you can get. Speaking of tiers, you can get the $5 tier, which gives you one little mini episode a week. And then you can get the $20 tier, which gives you all of those plus one extra episode at the end of the month where we kind of go rehash everything we went through on a deeper level. Um, and today I cried. So that's great. Um, and we're going to be doing a sobriety series. We're kind of figuring out how we're going to do that, like... Is it going to be topics? Is it going to be a QA? and a Is it, you know, just figuring it out. I want to say thank you all for supporting us on this journey. We're just getting started. As I said, I've committed to doing this for a full year. And I plan on, uh, you know, keeping that going. So here we go. One month down, motherfuckers. And next week on Saturday is the, uh, the Whitney Houston and Bobby Christina special. So I will be watching that. And then I believe following that... Um, I don't know if it's on Lifetime, but there's one about Britney Spears and her father. So, there's a lot of good TV coming at us. Um, of course, I will be continuing the RuPaul's Fag Race um, recaps. I'm trying to think if there was anything really great on the runway. There was Gottmik's um, expensive look, but like the thing with Gottmik is she is privileged. She comes from having people with money in her life and people with very good connections and people creatives. Um, you see the difference when you see what she had to make. It wasn't as glitz and it wasn't as glam. Um, 
I'm loving Drag Race UK. I think I'm liking it more than I'm liking the real Drag Race, in all honesty. Um, the girls over there are just... There's something so real about it. New, uh, uh, United States is feeling very produced and forced. And I think over in the UK, the UK, it's just feeling a lot more natural. Which I think is great. Um, I'm loving Taste. I'm loving Ahura. I'm loving Sister Sister. I'm loving Ginny Lemons. Um, it's just all in all around a fantastic series, if you ask me. Um, was there anyone else that really gagged me on the runway this week? Utica, Utica's sleeping bag um, was phenomenal, and I think that. I don't know. I think she... Sh I don't want to say. Do I think she should have won? I think if it was just that one look, Utica should have won. She had the most high fashion. Um, excuse me, with the snow plow trucks outside. She had the most high fashion um, look that was made from the bags. I'm sure Renee Flaming has something to say about this. <laughs> see what she has to say um all in all though the season's fun it's giving us what we want it's drama it's this it's that we are there we are moments away from them getting ready to announce all stars so brace for that i think we're gonna have a really great season if the cast the rumored cast list is what it is um one of the girls i cannot wait to have back on and i will be in her DMs, getting her on this podcast immediately. Um, all in all, though, you know, what a week. Candy versus Tamisha, the Wendell Williams experience. I'm just, you know, all in all, it was great. I want to say thank you guys so much for listening to the Hardcore Honest Tea podcast, where you never know what you're going to get. You might get some tea, might get a lot of tea, might not get any tea. Who the fuck knows? But we don't do tea here. Yeah, we leave that for all you meth queens in Hell's Kitchen. How you doing? <coughs> or me on my rock bottom. Um, yes! So, I hope you all have a great week. Stay blessed. We are entering Black History Month. Oh boy, I have to walk this line trepidatiously. Tre oh, we had the... Oh, my God. Hello, we had the Slaughter Awards this week, which were on my Facebook, which was me just making fun of the Glam Awards. Um, because why not? We had nothing else to fucking do, so let's make up our own awards show. I want to say congratulations to Fifi Dubois for getting the least watched Facebook show award. Congratulations, Fifi. Hi. Because I ain't never seen more than three people watching you at once. I said what I said. <laughs> but a bitch is always full out. That was a tough category. Her, Holly Day, and Bootsy were all really close. Bootsy just gets an honorary lifetime award for me because she's just, in my eyes, one of the funniest drag queens I've ever met. And I personally could watch Bootsy. I would like should pay Bootsy to do a one-on-one -on -one show because she's just fucking... Fl like, without question, entertaining. Um, and I love that. What else? I gave an award to the House of Assassins, especially Boudoir Lafoire. I don't know. I never know if I'm saying her last name right. Boudoir, Kimmy Moore, Nick Gaga, and, um, oh my god, I forgot her name. Camilla Cockman. 
Um, you know, these girls are working hard and it's a pandemic and they're releasing fucking music videos. Like, God bless these fucking girls. Um, and I, I'm the first one to say when I'm wrong. I wasn't always a big fan of Boudoir. Um, but the work ethic is there and I find her to be incredibly entertaining and real and I was wrong. I was wrong. I said what I said. Um, did anyone else special get an award? Oh, Androgyny and Brenda got an award for their two-day Bender show at the beginning of... Pa- <laughs> pandemic when they were a girl the screenshots on my phone Celine Dijon and her sunrise with Celine the first time I logged on to Facebook and saw someone doing a show at 6am what a treasure um, all in all it was just a night of lighthearted shade and me able to say that I am the best host and I fucking deserve the award sorry honey Davenport a host is someone that people can watch um, and not get bored And I've never seen any of you with hundreds of people watching you at one time. I haven't seen you be the ones that are breaking news all fucking summer long and driving 70 to 80 viewers per week on your shows consistently during those times. Um, I deserved best host. And I, you know what? I said what I said. But you just continue to come here and support me for the Hardcore Honest Tea podcast where I'll be hosting every week. We have the Slaughterhouse Show on Facebook on Thursdays at 8pm and we will be bringing back trivia on Saturdays twice a month. I do want to say congratulations to my sisters Androgyny, Brenda, and Jacqueline for their win for Best Virtual Series for Take a Shot Tuesdays. I love these girls and I love that they did something unique and innovative with their show and it's not just another thing. I jokingly call it Take a Seat Tuesday and truly I do not apologize for that but these girls are keeping us entertained from a seated position and God bless them. With that being said, my name is Logan Hardcore. Congratulations to all the girls out there who don't suck. And remember, say their names.